Cybersecurity Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to Hackworker. It's a pleasure to do this show again with my super awesome co-host from Washington, D.C., Tyler Cohenwood. Hi, Tyler. Hi, how are you? Very excited for this show. This is going to be really good. I have prepared a jingle so that the people outside who are listening uh, get an idea of what we are talking about. And wait for the spoiler. I will start the spoiler now. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey, take the red pill or the blue pill. Who knows the movie, Tyler? Of course, of course. That's from The Matrix. If I right remember The Matrix, so there had been people plucked to a computer network system and they believe they're in a virtual world, but their human and brains are connected to computers. And that's the topic of our today's show. We talk about computer to brain interfaces. And by that, it's a pleasure to have Knut Schnell here in the show. Knut is a researcher and yes, uh, a doctor. And he had worked in the past a lot on the human brain. And he's as well a geek, a nerd, and a computer expert. And that's a wonderful combination. And welcome, Knut. Hi, very nice to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. Yes, super. So, Matrix, I think you have watched Matrix too. Yeah, uh, certain times, yeah. <laughs> so, a couple you, of times, yeah. We will not discuss about the pills, what kind of pills we take, the red or the blue. Oh, I will. I, I would have taken the blue pill without question, but I already took the red pill, I think, by accident. It's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> So we have invited you, Knut, because we want to talk about the concept of computer-to-brain interfaces. And I know that this concept is, of course, well deployed in science fiction, but there is a medical background as well. So these interfaces are already used for medical purpose. And of course, as cybersecurity experts, uh, we will bring in as well, hopefully in the discussion, the layer of cybersecurity. So like if this things is getting more and more developed in future, uh, what will be the impact towards cybersecurity uh, if our brains are connected to computers? And that this is not, uh, let's say, a, a vision which is super fantastic. We know that there is a startup out there in Silicon Valley, which is called Neuralink, where Elon Musk is invested as well. And It's one of their, let's say, missions and visions to build this kind of human to computer brain connectors um, to, let's say, to connect the human brain to the cloud. That's the Silicon Valley story in behind. Now, I would like to discuss a little bit with you. Uh, I mean, what is the real state of, of these devices? How are they used currently? Do, do we have something like that? I assume yes. Like, um, do we have uh, something like uh, a brain-computer interface? Yeah, yeah, we definitely have something like that. And that it actually started in the in uh, the 60s uh, with uh, like cochlear implants, um, hearing aids were yeah. actually implanted to the brain. This were kind of the first uh, interfaces uh, working on a, in, in a medical with um, a medical. Um, um, target like hearing loss and uh, working as a prosthesis for um, um, for hearing and uh, of course uh, in the line there was this vision of uh, making uh, blind people uh, uh, giving the back the vision or giving yeah. them vision for the first time uh, with a kind of a retinal um, uh, implant and um, so This, these, those are applications um, that have been in the mind of researchers for, for quite a while. And uh, as you see with hearing, this is a quite well-established method, but this is rarely um, really put into the discussion when, when talking about brain-computer interfaces. But this is quite common. And then um, 
I think that the major uh, medical uh, um, vision about helping people really dramatically uh, with locked-in syndrome, that's where they all, it all uh, comes from, the, today's discussions. Um, because there are people where, which, when they have an, uh, a ischemia in, in the midbrain, infarction of the midbrain, and they have tissue damage, and then the, the whole brain, while it's still in function, it's cut completely cut off from the motor system, yeah. and they can simply move their eyes, their eyeballs up and down, and it's all everything. And so this really scary and um, existentially um, like disturbing or dooming uh, state right. of disease is yeah. like that's the perfect, uh, the perfect. Um, scenario to to um, give back somebody the the possibility to, to interact with the world via uh, brain computer interface and that's um, that's what you find most in literature and it advances about this in daily news um, and this started with a with a uh, grid uh, little like 64 electrode grids in the 90s okay um, and that's that kind of research and today it actually it's possible to make those people like write at a at a really good speed to to wow. um uh that's kind of uh kind of uh was it's quite recent news that's like two weeks ago when i read about this and it's actually about um kind of reading out handwriting like imagining handwriting yeah. and not typing on a keyboard yeah. virtually um, but that works out in, a, in nearly the same speed. Um, somebody, some really not trained person on a key, on a keyboard, uh, could could uh, could write this down or on a smartphone or on a mobile device. So this is really is really working out. And and normally you target a, a small area of the brain um, with a um, reasonable amount of, of electrodes implanted, like. In between the 64 and um, the Neuralink device, which is currently they're developing it with um, 1024, um, like leads going into the brain, and and that's what you can do. You can read out uh, motor um, um, planned motor action, so to say, and the brain is really good at adapting to that. So that these all these methods basically use the plasticity of the brain to adapt in a closed loop, to adapt uh, to, a, uh, to the um, effects of those discharges and then make some kind of like go for training to play tennis or whatsoever yeah. and get better and do plasticity um, to give signals, outwards going signals to manipulate uh, the device and to steer the device, so to say. And then there was this uh, monkey playing brain pong, I think April this year, um, with a new with this uh, uh, develop, newly developed a Neuralink um, grid uh, or not grid. It's just the electrodes um, um, going to the brain, and but basically um, something like this was already done in, the, in 2000, around about yeah. 2000. So the first. Um, uh, a handless video game uh, played by a monkey was uh, it was around about two thousand, I think. So this is is working out well. Uh, yeah. the, the basic question is um, if we just bridge this midbrain damage and re um, put somebody who's experienced that back into the um, motor sensory loop, can we um, do go for other 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 targets? Um, like mental uh, disorders, uh, and there have been manip manipulations for uh, have been implants for uh, mental disorders as well. Wow! Uh, and that's it's kind of um, it all stems from Parkinson's uh, disease yeah. treatment, where they go for um, like uh, where, where they go for deep brain stimulation. It's it's one one electrode, not a thousand. It's it yeah. has ingoing, ingoing signals. You apply those to the brain, and normally that, that's where it gets more complicated than reading out stuff. So there's one electrode with with um, like eight to sixteen um, uh, sub electrodes in one lead, so to say, um, 
And um, then you can, they can just give a kind of noise to the brain, which is actually inhibiting brain activity. So in Parkinson's, you have like, like a malfunctional uh, loop, yeah. which is, has kind of a pathologic resonance. And when you see the tremor is a kind of, of uh, resonance. Yeah, or, yeah. It's this shaking wow. is, is a... Is a uh, is like a kind of resonance catastrophe. Yeah. So they have pathological resonance in a, in a loop, in a, um, a circuitry. And then you, um, by targeting one of the nuclei, one of the parts of this circuit, you can slow this down. That's, that's uh, what wow. you do with this, with this deep brain stimulation. It's like a distorting noise that uh, um, lowers the activity of this um uh, pathological circuit so yeah. and that's that's been there in the field like end of the 90s well established in parkinson's and then they took this translated this they said why not try out this an obsessive compulsive disorder and then they target like the the ventral parts of the brain uh they, they, like the frontal uh the brain frontal parts of the brain um and um some connections between brain regions there and that's in it's that's also uh established now for the last like say 10 years so wow. first, can, can i wrap it a little bit up like yeah like the, there is the concept that you can plant electrodes inside the, the brain and for Neuralink and other applications, they put in, let's say, a grid of electrodes. So to have different regions to read out the activities of different regions of the brain. And if you, if you look at the medical applications, like uh, what, what you said with paralyzed people, so they can train their brain as well to activate different regions of the brain. And by that, they're getting a link yeah. to an outside system where they can control, for example, type writing or, or or writing systems okay completely understand so there's one concept in there like putting a lot of electrodes in the on, on several regions in the brain read out the activity link it to a computer and do something and the second concept is the opposite way that you put one electrode on a specific area usually yeah because you know that this is an area of a disease like parkinson so there's something going on which is not natural and then you're applying electric like yeah like a potential a signal like a noise signal where you, uh, and where you, and by that you're you're interacting with the with the electric let's say field of of, yeah. of the of the brain yeah and by that you can synchronize it activity or can you lower activity or you can you're stimulating areas or whatever so but but you are this is the opposite way so this is a yeah. a, a stream inside the brain and this is yeah. usually done with one let's say one electron or it's it's um that's about uh it's about um i mean leave away cochlear implants or yeah. or, or um retinal implants about this um like changing global activity of the brain is, is normally with like inhibiting, like uh, disturbing signal transmission somewhere because it's it's very subtle to to find the point where you can activate something. But it's if you if you want to um, kind of shut down or slow down a whole nucleus, you can do that with okay. um, interfering signals. And then you have to to move around to, during that surgery and try okay. around. Uh, am I there? Just the, uh, the the participant is awake in this procedure, and then you can switch it on, switch it off, go back and forth, and and really find the region uh, during the surgery uh, where the tremors actually, uh, where the shaking is actually cut off. Yeah, to go away. <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I would think that if some if someone's paralyzed from like a spinal cord injury, that you would have to work with an exoskeleton or something like that <clears throat> with with electrodes to reteach, um, you know, hand movements. And, but it, it, this is absolutely fascinating. I, I didn't re, I didn't know that there was so much work in this area being done for, for mental disease. I mean, does it, does it help with things like OCD? 
It's it's in severe OCD. It really helps. It's really helpful. Wow. It's it's um, they tried it in depression, and that's not very promising. Actually, kind of different regions, but that was not so promising uh, in the end. But in OCD, like those very severe cases, and those people really, 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 really suffer. And there, there, it's 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 quite a promise. Uh, this method, yeah. I mean, I've seen in preparation of this episode some some videos of people in the Parkinson tre treatment of Parkinson, where you see where they're shaking. I mean, they were not able to participate in daily life because they were unable to put a glass or do anything because the movement was so huge. And then they got the implant, this this implantation procedure, and afterwards it was let's say adjusted. And you immediately see how they are getting, they calm down their movement. So they were really able to usually use stuff. This was really fascinating. And as well, when they, let's say, shut yeah. off the device, that it's immediately starting again. Yeah. So this is. You know, it's yeah. interesting. Do you think that in the future that this is a type of technology that could be used um, to combat like addiction? Um You know whether it's it's to drugs, opioids, um, cigarettes, anything like that. Is that something that could be promising for treating that? That's a, that's a, yeah, it's a clear maybe. Yeah, it's it's um, it's um, it's a it's it's a vision that that's in the field. Maybe like like um, those circuits in OCD and addiction, they're kind of similar, and they're not the same. Um, and you have like an addiction as this uh, nucleus accumbens, um, ventral striate, is aka the same uh, name, same region that the reward center. It's, it's someone uh, the yeah, called. It's like the dopamine, dopamine um, uh, driven region in the brain, and um, and there you cut off in, in OCD. You cut off signals back back loop to this area. Um, so it's it's normally where where they like this thing I'm thinking about. Oh, did I check the um, door or did I check uh, the stove? And then like this becomes salient. This is a lot of meaning to me suddenly, and I can't get it that way. And that's dopamine normally. It's coding for we call it salience. And in in addiction, it's kind of the same. It's like addiction is like. There's a promise of reward when I do something, and this is really, really, really promising. More than um, it, it makes sense, and then you, perhaps you can simply shut down this um, this loop. But at the same time, and you, you might guess that that the problem is if you shut down reward signals, you might run into other problems in life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, I mean, <laughs> and, and uh, so, and that's about it. That's about the major, uh, uh, the major issue in this field is um, like signal, signals in the brain, they have a context and, um, and it's very important to get that context right. Yeah. And so in one point, it's really good to shut, shut down a reward promising uh, a signal of, Reward promise, so to say, reward prediction, and another, and like next minute when I want to um, want to buy something in a store or compare the the value of goods, and I shut down the signal, it's not a good idea. Yeah, it's and a nightmare. It's a nightmare it's for a nightmare. It's not a fun way to live. Or if you go for like, yeah, I mean, you, uh, uh, you, you you're unboxing your new smartphone and. Suddenly, the rod signal is gone, yeah, and um, <laughs> and that's what we call depression, basically. And yeah. uh, um, so, it's 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 kind of promising um, if you're able to apply the signals in the perfectly right context, and that's what it makes some things about the brain and money manipulating the brain, like kind of itchy, kind of complicated course. Uh, there's a lot of context. Yeah. <laughs> a different context. And um, yeah. Is the problem like that? We usually as a not brain expert that we have a little bit more, a mechanical view on the brain. It's like, yeah. 
oh, look, there is the cortex and the neural cortex and just put in the, the electrode there and then switch on five volts and you will have the desire to buy the new iPhone. I, I mean, it's not so mechanical, isn't it? It's more complex. <laughs> You're perfectly right. You can, you can find those um, like mechanical uh, uh, little islands are, are subparts of the brain we prove a principle for example recognizing imagined hand handwriting okay that's cool but let's say like uh, it's it's a small area it's it's so big as a coin that you get yeah. the target to read that signals out so so they that's not in the big context of the brain and the brain is is, is operated by the different uh, circuits and and, and networks. So it's uh, information processing is spanning across the brain, and that's very important. And normally people think like they're looking for those anatomic maps um, from the beginning of the last century. Okay, speech is there. Yeah. Okay, um, vision is there. And that's true. You can um, manipulate that during neurosurgery. And yeah, they've problems talking or perhaps there's spontaneous speech production, which doesn't mean the area alone does this because the whole brain is, is involved in a way in, in, in stuff like that. And so every, everything's connected. And that's what people, when, when looking at a brain or thinking about those ideas, that's uh, the idea that's normally not represented. And um, so um, having this device, uh, this Neuralink device or earlier grids, uh, which are quite local and talking about, we're going to read out memories or even feed in memories. That's kind of uh, a very, very uh, courage leap to say. It's it's very. There's a lot of things missing uh, okay. in, in this perspective. Because because if he, if I can read out a local local single pattern spike pattern, that's one thing. But putting in complete context, like a memory, and memory memory is always in a context. Um, it's a quite different thing, and uh, I think that's. Let's well underestimate this 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 issue, and um, I can give you a good example of uh, of, uh, of what it's about with the context, if we want. Yeah, because um, yeah. the feeling of being oneself, and I think that's a key key issue of mental health. That I feel I'm I'm a whole like a complete self, which is um, which unifies the impression, puts together the impression at one point in time that now I'm speaking, I'm hearing my own speech, that's my words, and I, I really want to say what I say. Um, I'm in line with the, with the semantics, with the, with the content of my, of my speech, and so on. That's me. Um, like a uh, uh, centered impression of, of sensory input, uh, memories, intentions, um, and motor actions, and so on. And it's a kind of loop that's it's important because the brain has, has a lot of capacity, a lot of effort and energy consumption to generate this expression. Yeah. And this can easily can easily be be hacked. By the way, it's it's there are very simple experiments to uh, give you kind of outer body experiments by simply disturbing this uh, this really great work of inter signal integration. So. Um, uh, you can do this by drugs. You can do this uh, with a very simple visual experiment. Everybody can do that at home, um, and, and 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 then suddenly it doesn't work anymore. So I mean, I, I, I've heard from people who are doing who are completely shut down all external, um, let's say, um, input signals to the brain. Like you, you switch, you completely shut down your eyes. You 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 shut down your ears that after two or three hours, the brain starts to do wired things because there are no external signals. So it's trying to create, however, its own party. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. for the people, it's like out-of-body experience because they feel like they're not, not in their body anymore. So it seems <laughs> to be that it's more complicated what's going on in our brain than simply identify a certain region and put some voltage on it. Yeah, it's true. It's it's that's it. That's all connected, and it's self. We call that. There's network, uh, like in neuroimaging, we came about this uh, like like 
15 years ago or, no, or 50, 20 years ago, there's a default mode network in the brain, yeah. which is always when you close your eyes, uh, nobody was looking for that, but it, when you close your eyes, there's something um, like the television, there's only red light, nothing is happening. But in the brain, it's the brain is, is uh, it's not on standby, it's just reconnecting itself. It's just reestablishing yeah. uh, the connection with itself, like referring to, to memories whatsoever. I mean, if you're lying down there, um, take a little nap before you do that. Normally, you reflect what, what was going on and you see yeah. some drift of uh, clouds of information drifting through your consciousness. And that's the default mode network. It's where you, there's no direction, but but you suddenly recognize it's it's going somewhere. There's uh, there's something going on wow. uh, within my. Uh, it's like kind of a nice noise. I hope it's nice noise in the in the information system, and then it's catch your consciousness. Your focus of consciousness catches that. Okay, move on to the next point, and that's the default mode network. Um, like spontaneous activity, spontaneous reconnection, establishing uh, connections in the brain. That's what the brain always does, like uh, self-stabilizing. Yeah. So I would like to come a little bit to the cybersecurity topic here. So, But I want one more question, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think at some point, I know you have to have a local connection at this right now, but at some point that something like this could be used to implant false memories? By a nation state actor. If um, I mean we're talking 15 years in the future. Um yeah, it's like like um inception, yeah, right? Um uh basically it's a funny thing. Um basically uh, uh we we're always uh, subject to implanted false memories, right? It's it's our uh, memory system works. Um, it's 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 nice in politicians uh, where you, uh, it, this uh, saying is believing principle. A friend of mine researched researched on this. It actually uh, it's, it's like dec two decades ago. I was had an article in the Washington Post about this because when a politician says something and he do, does this repeatedly, he feeds a false memory into the brain. That's yeah. a fact. He, he was talking about it's actually real. It really happened. And uh, you have this uh, you have this phenomenon of flashbulb memories when when you something somebody has a really um, uh, very harmful experience, sudden harmful experience, shock whatsoever, and this is normally like a flashbulb. There's the memory, but if you ask people uh, years and years again to to recall that event and give the narrative and it it's varying over the time it's it's and there's is is a marked variation like for example where was i exactly when that happened who was with me and so on and uh this is remodeled uh by the brain wow and um And uh, actually, uh, there's been a lot of research on that. And we have in, in therapy, there is the there's a big issue of false memories. When therapists, and there's a big d d discussion right now in trauma therapy, for example, um, if therapists actually evoke uh, uh, memories of traumatizing events that never happened, is that the case wow. or not? Um, by simply asking the wrong questions, okay. asking people into that, so this is already, uh, it's not clear. The discussion is not over if that really happens in therapy, but there are false memories. Um, it's a big thing in court uh, where people just don't remember what happened and so on. This is modified the more, the more you ask. So this is already happening. Um, the question, if you can implant a false memory by wiring, by, um, by an information system, I, I don't know, actually, because uh, this is about the context. Um, perhaps you can do that someday, but it's, it's, I don't think it's that easy because of uh, your contextualizing. <laughs> like memories think... are contextualized, and it's not, they're not in one point, at one point, the brain where, where they're stored, but it's about interaction of the hippocampus, the neocortex, and so on. And perhaps it's, it's a bit, little bit hard to, uh, to uh, target this whole network. Wasn't there a movie in the 80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall? Total Recall, yeah. That was and the topic was, of it. So everybody yeah, yeah. should watch it. It's maybe totally ridiculous if you, if you watch it today and if you know he was the governor 
of California afterwards. No, it's, it's okay. I, th I think the movie's the movie's okay because um, there it's it's a very nice it's a very nice example. Total Recall, with this uh, uh, this problem about context. Am I right now? Is that real? And and so on. Can you leave that memory? It's, yeah, it's I, I like I like the topic now. Tyler has raised, and I would step back one step, and I would ask, well, why we talk about? I mean. Implanting memories is maybe super complex, uh, but isn't it enough to like? Can I raise some? Can I create feelings? For example, like simply, can I create a feeling of fear? Like that people are suddenly they feel um, in fear, or um, can I let's say push people to a certain directions? Like. So this is maybe more simpler. Uh, so can I influence behavior of people by stimulating the brain on certain regions? Yeah, definitely. So that's what you know from neurosurgery. Um, like this is standard method to map uh, areas when you go for like an, an cancer uh, treatment, um, somebody's brain tumor, and then you have to to map the brain. And we, from this, we know that you can uh, induce feelings, be um, uh, feelings like like and uh, the feeling of odors and so on. That's that's uh, vocal by a local stimulation. And it's it's hard to to target the region, but there, yeah. But you can if you go for the limbic system and and target certain areas of the amygdala or uh, um, it's for for threat signals. Part of the amygdala is, is uh, conveying threat signals, and yeah, that you can do something like that, of course. And now, uh, as a, as a super evil actor, so can I push people towards paranoia? And yeah, can I, I revert? people for example i push you to paranoia you shoot someone and i revert you immediately yeah okay it's it's, it's and that's what actually uh as i told you about salience like simply it's uh, like the uh ventures riot where the reward center and always uh as well the the, the uh uh salience center so and and if you give you like randomly and that's our theory of uh one part of the theory of uh of schizophrenia That's um, there is random salience towards uh, certain deta details of the world which are not have, don't have a meaning naturally, but then um, if there's, a, if there's a, sp a spontaneous dopamine discharge, a dopamine um, signal, and um, and then the, the person has to make sense of it. Why suddenly yeah. ah, somebody's looking at me? What's the meaning? And, and Actually, there was no meaning. It was, was all random. And by just pinpointing like certain points with that's important, that's a, that's a salient signal. And you have to find a, a meaning, like a system that explains it. That's per, perhaps how delusion or paranoia is, is, um, is developed, is, is developing, right? Um, it's like explaining a world where, where things that have been, haven't been important before are suddenly important now and um, make sense of this important, new important signal. Okay. So that you can do by modulating uh, the brain and modulating emotions. And emotions are, they give meaning to input. And and you have to explain, your brain has to explain that. And by that, you, you can build up, uh, I think you can build up a, a paranoid system. Actually, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like That's this. scary, isn't it? <laughs> can can we can we uh, hack Mirko's brain? Yeah, that's not not that's not so. Um... <laughs> I mean, you can make him laugh very easily. So so that's you know, <laughs> well, that's easy. Well, thank you very much. Uh... <laughs> uh, uh, okay. From the concept, so far as I understand, okay, there's a real threat. Like you can push people to a certain behavior, or let's say you can you can amplify negative behavior as well as you can amplify positive behavior. So that's the, that's the medical aspect. Coming back to this, let's say 
Silicon Valley mission and vision we have with Neuralink. So as far as I understand, usually on technology side, the current technology is using about, let's say, 64, a pattern of 64, and they are using 1,024. Um, so Is it like they they have a more dense grid to read out the certain areas of the brain? Um, yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's not only the density of the grid; it's the design as well. Because they're um, just injecting wires, like like five, I think five micron um, diameter uh, wires yeah. to the brain. Um, And they've it's a very uh, dedicated uh, technology. They have a, like a surgery robot, um, which uh, navigates around the vessels, the blood vessels. So uh, it's good to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and so you can. It, that's really yield technology. You can can um, apply like like uh, more than tenfold, twentyfold uh, of of these electrodes. And then, and then they go in, in depth, and uh, there you can actually uh, detect the spikes uh, of neurons because it's that's within the brain tissue. It's not on the surface because mm -hmm. um, what you will want to uh, get is, is the it's, a, uh, it's the axons and the dendrites, the axons of the um, like the output of the yeah. of the neurons, and it's that's the right place to do that. And you can go through different layers of the uh, of the cortex. That's as well. That's that's important. So the readout might be uh, really more um, uh, in a manifold way more effective and more precise. So to read out this this certain area with a lot of columns, neural columns in that area, that's that's a very cool, very dedicated methods. That's uh, it's, it's yeah. astonishing to do that like that. Yeah, but it's not a mind reading device. Like to put out a marketing, it's not a mind reading device that you can. Not yet. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> it's it's and and that's that's about the concept of mind. That's okay. It's very it's very interesting. What's the mind? Uh, and as I said to about the self, um, uh, the self is quite is it's, it's it's a dynamic construct of of our brain to to feel as being oneself. And that's kind kind of complicated to to uh, engineer from from the uh, from the outside, but it's it's very easily to disturb this, you know. Okay. And uh, so if you if and if you um, connect the word mind to consciousness or self, then it's not perhaps not a mind reading machine because you're not reading about the self; you're just reading about one channel of of output. Yeah. And um, in a certain region, and so on, but it can um, uh, can uh, get a probe of, so to say, mental activity or regional brain activity, mental activity, and have this output port. Perhaps it's like a port uh, yeah. in, in an IT system um, where you have defined output going in, uh, output going out, and something coming in, and um, you can train your brain uh, to to perceive what's coming in, make sense of the signal. Brain is very good at making sense and making sense of signals. And then you can perhaps um, uh, try to start to hear uh, when you couldn't hear before, give, make sense to frequency, to a frequency spectrum and so on. But if that's um, the mind is, is just a, a, a philosophical or psychiatric concept. And uh, it's, I mean, This is like um, uh, trying to if trying to compose music music um, with uh, uh, with a brush or something, and it, it paints something, but it, it, one way is the sound, but it's a different category. Yeah. It's not it's not a matching area. And, and but but think the, the the point about this is that always it's always misused this this uh, this. Um, Um, the term mind. I mean, what's the mind? Yeah. Please apologize. No, 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 no. It's, it's, good <laughs> it's, always, it's always it. being updated too. Yeah, it's, it's good that you mention it, Milko. It's good that you mention it because uh, this is this is a big trap, and it's good to to that we here on this in this um, podcast step into that 
uh, uh, trap yeah. because um, as, as um, Tyler said, perhaps we will adjust our um, understanding of mind to what a computer does that we actually do, right? So uh, when you talk about human mental activity, perhaps talking about this, the more we talk about this brain-computer interfaces, and that's a common critic of, of brain-computer interfacing, then we just adjust our uh, our, our self-conception, our, our our explanation of ourselves to this computer-like devices. Okay. And and so mental, the term mental might, make, might have a different meaning um, in 10 or 20 years according to the possibility to interface with um, with computers. And that's actually what Elon Musk does. He's a, he, he's, he just tells us, I want to have a like a, 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 above the the midbrain or the limbic system and the and the cortex. I want to have a third layer, um, like um, a symbiosis of of the the human self with the AIs that can interface with the AIs, so that if you direct uh, connection without this compression by by a speech. What to say? Yeah. yeah, and that's and it's it's what you call this third layer. It's the like the AI symbiosis layer, um, where uh, mind meets machine or or mingles around with machine and and sort of melts into machine. So they have they have a completely different concept of mind, what mind will be or should be for Elon Musk in the future. Okay, right? and this might change like. In the back feed, that this might change our uh, our common um, recognition of mind, of the term mind, what we are actually. But this is always going on. This is is kind of that's already happening, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I could talk about this forever. This is so interesting. <laughs> Yeah, please apologize for the topic mind again. Now, uh, if we, uh, now it's, I mean, it's an interesting discussion because it means something like that our perception, because we are now connecting stuff to technology, that the models we have had in mind are now changing as well, like because there are new aspects stepping in. So, as yeah. you said, now. Yeah. this is super interesting. What I would like to know is like the current state is, let's say it's, where it's very good to be a reading machine, not, not a reading machine for thoughts in, 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 in a, let's say, um, visual way, but for um, some certain actions, I can, I can interact with the machine. So it's a reading interface. Um, but what's the state of the, of the upstream port, like the machine tries directly to connect to the brain and uh, tries to interact with the brain. Like, I mean, for the medical stuff you have explained, there are rather simple ways how, how this is done and it's already super successful. I think so for the diseases, but is there, I mean, are they working on doing this on a more complex level? And that's what they what they have uh, seen this progress update 2020 um, by Neuralink, and they they done this for recruit for recruiting um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this reads out like a mission um, a mission protocol uh, for what they're doing. And yeah, it's that's what they're actually saying. It's it's I want they want this decompress decompression of uh, of information, okay. um, like this direct link, exchanging thoughts uh, without uh, having to to compress that to words and sentences and so on and that's um it's the explicit mission or, or it's it's done in a in a very um uh, in a very clever or nice way where they simply have uh, their personal the staff has they they talk about their personal vision and um And it's about, uh, and they talk about telepathy and okay. so on. But, but, but I mean, I mean, that's part of the core yeah. stuff of the Yeah, company. exactly. And, but, but to get and, it right in, in the right context, would it be like, I mean, I know you're dealing with people with mental health diseases. So some, some of them are, they have the imagination to get voices from God and 
whatever other persons and they truly believe that they uh, that this voices are speaking to them so would it be in the same way like hey i have something yeah in, and it will speak to me that's that's what i that's what i thought about what what's uh, was one of your uh one was one of your questions we had before right what would it be like if, if we were all connected Yeah. Uh, in that way, I think it would um, be horrible. Yeah, in a way, because horrible, we would lose our ability to construct things into speech, and we would lose the 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 relationship that we have between the self and the other. Because yeah. our relationship with ourself, it, a lot of times, is is very much um, similar to the relationship that we have with others. That's what imposter syndrome is all about. It's about that. Um, you know, you're where you feel you are in relation to other people. I think that would be terrible to lose language entirely. Yeah, and become it's, Borg. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's we yeah. just be sending feelings and thoughts, and <laughs> and it's yeah. Normally, and as Michael stated, it it's it's like it's like yeah. Normally, we treat problem we treat human beings who have kind of a problem with that, like they suddenly hear a voice. Which makes a lot of sense in a way, because it's it's your own brain talking to you, yeah. but but you didn't recognize it's your own brain. But it's it is kind of interesting information about your weaknesses, about your desires, but you don't want to hear it because it's kind of can be nasty, whatsoever, and you can't integrate that. And and the problem like schizophrenia is a kind of integration disorder, yeah, where you don't don't get that your signals are coming from your own brain. But if you extend that to the to the wow. point, how can the brain integrate like some something coming from somewhere? Um, I, I have some doubts that that um, like the, the, the <laughs> brain can integrate that and still stay in a kind of homeostatic information processing. Because there's one thing: if you go for AI research, there's a branch of AI research. That's okay. called embodied AI, and uh, we still bring it. We already evolution has brought us with a brain-computer interface, and that's called body. And um, we can interact with computers via our body because yeah. our our intelligence, our natural intelligence, is embodied. So um, we we emulate our bodies in our information processing, and our bodies. We have a peri peripersonal space, and uh, during Corona, during COVID, this peripersonal space is quite empty, and it's uh, we suffer a from a uh, underrepresentation of peripersonal space during social distancing. But that's it's it's a space where we integrate signals normally, and that's the the space for for myself where I I touch something, I have the feeling, I touch it, the thing moves in my visual field, and so on. I integrate a lot of signals through my body, through my peripersonal space, and that's where the self is evolving in information processing, basically. That's me, that's my body, and so on. And if I completely um, bypass that body um, representation, in a while, I think strange things might happen. For example, I had the experiments in a scientific studies uh, study with which some friends of mine were running it in 2005, And we went into the scanner and we had ketamine uh, uh, infusions. And some, some your body was gone. It was wiped out. It, the impression of your body um, vanishing. There was nothing. I was, I was like the, the pixel, uh, the vibrating pixel at the edge of the word ready. Literally. <laughs> and I, I liked that because I, was, I knew what was going on lying in the scanner. And then when it all ended, And somebody, um, and we have a hat coil, the hat is in, inside a cage. And when somebody uh, tried to open that cage, at really the impression he's going to open my skull. Oh, because, wow. because, because what my, my visual system just grabbed, grasped the first impression was this cage. And because yeah. it was remounting my body, so to say. Um, and this was like, ah, oh, give me a second. Uh, I need I need five more minutes. Please don't do this. And um, it was interesting because um, it makes it gave me a clear expression how your 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 um, body image or the image of yourself, which kind of really dynamic thing, and it's it's permanently remounted. 
like a mounting device in a, in a network or something like this. And um, I have the impression that it, this can be really easily disturbed. And um, the, like the, the, the way we feel as a self is put into question uh, by this, like fundamentally. Yeah. So this might not fit in so easy as we, as, uh, as some of us, um, our ho hope that, that yeah. things will uh, work out. So, well, uh, it, it's interesting. And maybe it's as well a too mechanical view of the still of the brain, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Even if there are super scientists working on that, it's still like we are trapped in this paradigm uh, way how we see our brain is part of, of ourselves, maybe. This was a super interesting talk, to be honest. Very interesting. I think we should yeah. have a part two. Yes, we should. I have so many more questions. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I would just let the, the audience decide if they will like to implant any Neuralink 2.3 version device to their brain. Um, it's up to them to do that. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical if it's a good idea, to be honest. <laughs> for several reasons and i like what you said that this that our body is already a perfect um brain to computer interface that's true we have full control normally full control over it unless you're a medical handicapped and for this people it's as well a super helpful tool to have this kind of uh, add-ons to get back control over this interface. It was super interesting. Thank you very much, Knut, for joining to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for Thank all the people you. out there, if you like the show, give us a comment. We will add as well some show notes to this podcast episode. And yes, rate us. And by that, thank you very much. Follow us at hackwork.io 